0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week four is in the books, and it was good. Had some surprise games, had some shootout games I did not expect. Lots of rain games. Uh, We'll get into the recap, Uh, as always. uh, I have Cam on this week, my first reoccurring guest. Uh, So we'll go over everything as we usually do. Uh, One change though, no pick'em this week. Uh, Decided since it's roughly a quarter way through the season, me and Cam just kind of talked about Three teams we've been right about going into the year and three teams we've been wrong about it. Uh, some notes and news from this week. J.J. Watt had his heart shocked back into regular rhythm and he still played football on Sunday. So that was quite a story, especially with all the news where two people think Tua should retire from football because he has a concussion and yeah, he's fine by my metrics anyways, which are zero, but two is fine. But J.J. Watt, yeah, that's a scary thing to have happen and to be super low-key about it. But he's a beast, always has been. All the best to him. Uh, other news, it broke today. Giselle and Tom Brady are getting divorce lawyers. So uh, Tom Brady is about to go off. More than likely, he's now fully committed to football because he, like Aaron Rodgers, also doesn't like his family. And yeah, I guess without further ado, let's get into the week three recap with Cam. Now, I'd like to welcome on uh, my first reoccurring guest. Uh, I guess I don't really need to give him an introduction since I gave him one last time. But yeah, Cameron, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Not a problem. Uh, I guess we'll just get right back into it since we are talking about your team first and the Monday night football game from last night. So Niners, 24, Rams, 9. The Niners, really, really, really good defense. Yes, sir. But they're looking probably like the best defense in the league right now.
1: Well, they're crushing it. Like it's yeah. great because we, all, we already knew that they were going to have impact players in the D-line and the linebacker core, but you're starting to see the emergence of some of these secondary players, which a lot of people thought was going to be the weakness, but now you're seeing, you know, Hufanga is exploding this year and you've got guys like Shavarius Ward and Eman Mosley are killing it so far. And I just saw this week we're getting uh, Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward back at practice. So it's only going to get better too. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah, the, the defense has always been good. That front seven has always been a weak. The secondary has been the weak point, but now that looks like a – I won't say strong point, but it looks way better than it has in recent years. It's, it's not a liability anymore. Exactly. Uh, the offense, on the other hand, looks exactly how you would think with Jimmy G at quarterback. Pretty much.
1: I mean, the good news is, is with this defense being so good, you only need to score about 20 points and you got a good chance to win. Um, But as long as you're still seeing Debo doing what he's doing and kill, it wasn't as big last night, but still kind of came through when you needed him to. And the run blocking impact is huge with him. Mm -hmm. So as long as that's still clicking and Kyle Shannon is still calling place, you just have to put up with Jimmy for the year and hope that Things get better next year.
0: Yeah, for sure. uh we'll Talk about the Rams for a little bit. They don't look. I mean, I've been saying it. We'll talk more about it later when we dive into three teams we were right about, three teams we were wrong about. But the Rams just aren't special. They aren't a content. Like, they're good, but when they play the cream of the crop teams like the Niners, they don't show out. Matt Stafford yeah. has been looking like the Lions, Matt Safford, that offensive line is not good. The Rams, they're not in trouble, but it's not looking good.
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely falling short of a lot of people's expectations. I know you were on them falling off a little bit, and you're looking right about that so far. Um, I just think that they still have the core that you can't write them off, and they have the aggressive GM that can go out and get those pieces uh, but as it stands right now, I'm not afraid to play the Rams. No, and that's not just because the Niners own them in the regular season, but like in general, any good team shouldn't be overly worried about it. I was actually talking with a friend last night. It's like if you stop Cooper Cup,
0: you've basically stopped the whole offense,
1: and yeah, it's he's like their
0: entire offense right now. Things exactly. if are if he goes down or can just start doubling him? I don't know if there's another player on that offense who really garners any attention.
1: And you're never going to shut him down. You just have to contain him. That's like kind of what San Francisco did last night. It's like, yeah, he got 14 catches, but not a single play of over 20 yards. So it's, mm. you know, if they want to keep dinking and dunking with him, there's no other threat on the field really at this point.
0: Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. We'll go all the way back to Thursday night football. Now this one was a tough one to watch for me. Dolphins fifteen, Bengals twenty-seven. It sucks. It it happens every year where I'm riding high and then all of a sudden I get cut from the knees and I still think two was fine. I think he's going to miss this week. That's already been uh, announced, but this is why we paid Teddy Bridgewater 6.5 million and to make him the highest paid backup quarterback. This is where we need him right now. Uh, again, we do play the Jets this coming week, so that should be an easy win regardless. But yeah, I was watching this game. Uh, Bengals didn't, didn't do much for me. They, it was a close game the entire game, even with Teddy in the game. And then, uh, X trips over himself. T Higgins gets the long touchdown and then he misses the entire fourth quarter. And then that's where the Bengals weapons tried to go off. But I think Zach Taylor is not a good coach. I think that has to be talked about more. Absolutely.
1: He's not adding anything to that team at this point. They're winning with him, not because of him at all. And even the system he's running isn't some uh, revolutionary thing either. He's uh, doing the same thing that McVay and Shanahan taught him how to do back in the day. Mm -hmm. And he's just not doing it to the right level. There's just so much talent on that team that they can still win. But I don't know. They did look like better than they did the first two weeks, I would say. Yeah. Um, They still have a lot to figure out, but it was definitely their best game of the year. So if they can keep riding that momentum, they've got the talent to be there. But uh, yeah, it's
0: just got to, they got to figure it out how to get that consistency back up. And that's the thing with like the guys that they do have on offense, Joe Burrow, top 10 quarterback in the league. Jamar Chase, unbelievable. T Higgins, unbelievable. Tyler Boyd is your third wide receiver. Awesome. Joe Mixon, great running back. It should just work. They should just have enough guys on the field where we have mismatches just because our offensive skill players are so good and they've looked out of sorts the entire season. So, again, it was a good turnaround game, good Thursday night football game. They needed the white uniforms to finally play well. And, and those are two two. Yeah, Bengals are 2-2. Two and two. The whole AFC kind of looks out of sorts. Of course, they're still in it. It's still a long season, but we'll go move on to the Sunday games now. Uh, start with the 9.30 a.m. game in London. Vikings 28, Saints 25. Saints were without Winston Kamara and – wait. Winston Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Andreas Pete. They kept it close. The Vikings were just the better team that day.
1: Yeah, I mean how fun was that game though. Especially when it got to the fourth quarter, the back and forth. Mm, yeah. Very fun. But uh, like you said, Vikings were just a better team today. Mm. You know, they Jefferson went off even though he had Lattimore on him. And you know, Kirk Cousins is always gonna be a roller coaster. But if you go back and look, he's made big throws at the end of both the last two games that got his team wins at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So if he can just keep playing at the level he has been in the non-prime time games this year, I still feel confident about my pr- prediction, especially because they don't have too many more primetime games. So it'll work.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a, uh two good rosters going against each other close game. Andy Dalton really surprised me because I didn't think he had anything left in the tank. If we're being honest and especially them missing their weapons, he looked pretty damn good, but not much more to talk about that game. It was a great game, but, uh, first game up in the afternoon slate, we have the LA chargers 34 Houston Texans 24. This was expected. This was a get right game for the chargers. Uh, That being said, they kept the Texans in the game up until the very end. And that's what worries me about the Chargers. I don't know what's with them, but it's been since Brandon Staley has been their coach. They let teams back in. They had, uh, let me check here. They had 27 points in the first half and only had seven in the second half. That can't happen. Especially versus the Texans. How many Chargers fans do you think we're having flashbacks to all the traumatizing
1: losses that they've had over the years? Well, they lost to the Texans last year, too. I thought it was happening again. Oh, for sure. But I mean, like these heartbreaking losses that only it seems Chargers fans can have. Mm -hmm. It seemed like we were almost destined for another one before they finally put it away a little bit at the end with the third Eckler touchdown. But Yeah. yeah, like you said, I think they still have flaws with that team. But the talent there, as long as they can overcome these injuries, like, you know, Slater's done for the year, but if they can make it till Bosa's back, Keenan Allen's back to full strength and all this kind of stuff, I think they're still going to be a threat. But I don't know. They just seem to be missing a piece.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's what happens when you're the Chargers and you're cursed and you just lose your players. Because exactly. It happens every year. It sucks, but it does happen every year. Uh, Texans, Damian Pierce, really good. Yeah. He riding that, I mean, off season hype where he started off as what, like a 10th round pick in fantasy and went all the way up to fourth rounds in most drafts. And he's lived up to the billing so far. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's much really to talk about for the Texans.
1: No, fun game though, Pierce is going to be one to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, next game up, we have the Chicago bears, 12 giants, 20, Not much to really talk about in this game. Uh, The Giants lost their two quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, both leaving with injury. Saquon Barkley needed to play some wildcat, and the Bears still couldn't stop them. So, way to go, Bears. Bears suck, and it's good to see Saquon back
1: being Saquon again. But other than that, that's the extent of this game for
0: me. Justin Fields completed 11 passes, which uh, is about halfway almost halfway of what his uh, total was going into the week. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. There's literally nothing to talk about from this game. Nope. Uh, Giants three and one congrats. That's incredible. Could yeah, did We're not seeing, see that. Coming,
1: I like seeing the New York Giants be good, even though I don't think they're that good, but just even just with this three and one team, even if it is a mirage, just the excitement within New York football is back and that's good for everybody.
0: And I guess one last thing, it's like, if you're a Giants fan, you should look at that roster and there's not a lot to really be happy with. I mean, they got their two young tackles. That's looking good. Sikwan, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard like, but it's still, there's not a lot of talent on that team. And I mean, fuck, I feel like I'm saying it every week, but shout out to Brian Dable because he's been a hell of a coach so far and he knows what he's doing. He's building uh, culture. Exactly. Uh, next game up, the highest scoring game of the week. Honestly, it might be the highest scoring game of the whole NFL season this year. Uh, didn't see this one coming. I had the under Seahawks 48, Lions 45. Uh I don't even know where to start in this game. I thought this was going to go under 50. I was confident in that. And then Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift were out for the week. And I'm like, perfect, under 50. No, the Seahawks almost scored 50 by themselves. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Something. Like
1: the Seahawks have the offense. I think I said this in last time I was on. It's like they have the pieces. I just, I don't think anybody believed that Gino could do what Gino's been doing so far. It's like I still don't see the Seahawks as a good team, but no. if you think it's just going to be an essentially a bye week, you're going to get 45 points put up on you, or 48 points put up on you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the I, Lions I think- are kind of the opposite, too, or the same thing, where it's like the offense is explosive again on paper. They kind of have everything you need except for quarterback, and even then, golf has been fine.
0: Um, yeah. But that defense has just got so many holes. The defense was really, really, really bad. Yeah, yeah, I have the stat up here. So the Detroit Lions lead the league in points per game with 35. Uh, They also lead the league in points allowed per game at 35.3. So right now they have a historically good offense and one of the worst defenses of all time. So At the end of the day, if you've got a negative point
1: differential like that, you are not going to win too many games. doesn't matter how many points you're scoring.
0: No, they're, I mean, fuck, they're, they're one in three for a reason. You got to stop people from scoring. That's, I mean, half the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not much to really say from that game. It's still two teams who won't make the playoffs. No. The Lions need to figure out their defense because, woof, it is – yeah, and there's,
1: they're still building. I don't think anybody thinks that this is going to be the year the Lions break through. But, I mean, yeah. if they can get this offense, keep them together for next year and go out there and put out some money onto their defense, some top draft picks onto their defense, you know, the pieces are there, they're building, but they're not there yet. Exactly.
0: Uh, next game up, Jaguars 21, Eagles 29. Uh Jigs got out to the early 14-0 lead, and then it was just all Eagles the rest of the day. This was also a game that got played in torrential rain from the remnants of the hurricane that uh, passed through – well, I mean, wouldn't say passed through it. It fucking ravaged Florida. Yeah, it was going up the East Coast there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Eagles still – They look really good still.
1: And one of the things I really liked about this game for the Eagles was it kind of one of the big drawbacks to these rush-heavy teams like Baltimore and San Francisco over the years is that the narrative is there is when they fall behind and they can't rely on that run game so much, they're kind of screwed and they get, you know, the game uh, script doesn't help them at all. But the fact that the Eagles were able to come back down from two touchdowns and come back and win the game tells me a lot about that team. And mm-hmm. tells me even more that they're one of the best teams in the league this year.
0: Yeah, the, the Eagles are my team to make it out of the NFC as of right now. Uh, just on the other hand. Hmm? One quick thing about the Eagles, though um,
1: Jalen Hurts needs to stop rushing so many times if they're gonna be contenders by the end of the year. I think he's rushing as much as some teams first string running back, and running backs get hurt. Quarterbacks are smaller than running backs. If they want him to be healthy by the end of the season, they got to figure out a way to get the ball into other guys' hands while they're rushing and let Hurts rush as a complementary piece to their rushing attack, not the focal point.
0: Agreed. Uh, Jags, on the other hand, after I said Trevor Lawrence is here, he's the generational prospect we all thought he was. He had five turnovers, uh, one interception, and he lost four fumbles, which I don't think that's happened in this century anyways, which I – Either way, you can't lose four fumbles. I know it was raining, but yeah, that's part of the reason why the Jags lost. So, end of the day, you play in Florida, there's going to be rainy games. Yep, so. exactly. Uh, moving on, next game, uh, New York Jets 24, Pittsburgh Steelers 20. Uh, the debut of Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky is out the door. Uh, <laughs> He had three interceptions, but he also had two rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, you yeah, it's—I
1: don't think anybody thinks Pickett's going to be a superstar right away, especially. Um, but he's given. It seems like he gave that team a spark. You know, when Trubisky was in, they looked flat, and once Pickett came in, you know, he's a kid. He's going to take those chances and be exciting, and he's not afraid to screw up. That's going to lead to interceptions but it's also going to lead to exciting plays and he's just going to learn from it.
0: Yeah. I'm going to talk more about the Steelers when we do talk about the teams we were right and wrong about, and I'll give my Potter take then, but yeah, the Steelers, I mean, they put Pickett in for a spark. He gave them that spark, uh, but they couldn't overcome the return of Zach Wilson. And even though he played terribly for, I don't know, 80% of the game, he mounted that game winning drive and that was that. (laughs)
1: Zach Wilson roller coaster it seems like there's a lot of roller coaster QBs this year you're not wrong uh, I mean I don't dislike Wilson as much as you do but he definitely needs to start playing a hell of a lot better than what he showed you know if he can even just play half the game like he did that final drive
0: he's going to live up to his potential but at this point that's a big if so we'll see what happens but that's the thing. Like his final drive, like I think he went five for five down the field for sixty yards. And that's all great. They won the game, but his stat line for the entire game: completed fifty percent of his passes, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. It's he didn't look good, and one of those interceptions was bad. It was really bad. But no. And I mean, fuck. I I still like the Jets roster, but Zach Wilson, he's not going to do it for me. Kudos end end the being two and two at this point, but yeah. And if the Jets are this bad at the end of the year and picking in the top five, there's some pretty good quarterbacks coming out of college this year. He might have some competition next year. Exactly. Uh, moving on. Falcons twenty-three, Browns twenty. Yeah. Uh, The Browns could not stop the run. I think that's the story of the game. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think they rushed 14 straight times, and the Browns couldn't stop them once. I think they were averaging, it was like four yards a carry, five yards a carry, seven yards, back to four. Like literally could not stop them whatsoever. The Browns, they didn't have Miles Garrett. They didn't have Jadavian Clowney, but... You can't yeah. get run 14 straight times. And the only reason why they stopped was because Marcus Mariota fumbled. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. I the Falcons do not have a good team. But as no. of right now, Arthur Smith is doing a really good job of getting every little bit of productivity out of the roster he has. Except for so, Kyle Dutch. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. He's the most talented no show I've ever seen.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's like Falcons offense does have talent on it. They drafted Drake London. Kyle Pitts is there. Cordero Patterson's had a career resurgence under them. Uh, But they're also eighth in the league right now in points per game, which not getting Kyle Pitts involved and still being top 10 in scoring right now. Good for the Falcons. A lot of people didn't see this level of team, I think. I think a lot of people a lot of people, had them as the worst team in the league going into the year. I'm happy they're – yeah, exactly. I'm happy they're proving people wrong for at least a little bit. Uh, Browns, on the other hand, Nick Chubb, really good at football. That's about it.
1: Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens once they do get a dynamic quarterback later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, they're kind of in quicksand. Like they're not going anywhere.
0: No. Next game up, uh, Titans 24, Colt 17. The AFC South just sucks. Honestly, I couldn't tell you really one thing about that game, except that Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry again. Yeah, and that's the reason why they won. Um, Here, I'll give you a stat. How many points have the Tennessee Titans scored in the second half of game? game? Uh, let's go with 24. <laughs> they scored seven. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's... So they almost blew the lead again this week like they did to the Raiders last week. But yeah, they've scored seven points in... Eight quarters of the ball. I didn't realize it was that bad. No. So that's something that clearly needs to be addressed there. Uh, The Colts on the other side. Oh, my God. I I had the take going into the year where, I don't know, Matt Ryan, he might be – he's older, but, you know, he still does enough. He's still pretty good. In my heart, I was like, I thought Matt Ryan was done. And I was like, no, I believe in this Colts team. Matt Ryan's done. The Colts team sucks. Jonathan Taylor doesn't even look like the same back right now. They can't do anything on offense.
1: Uh, well, it's tough, right? Because like last year, Wentz was a roller coaster, but he still was able to move the ball. And you always had yeah. to account for him. Whereas this yeah. year, it's like everybody knows that what they're going to do because Matt Ryan stands like a statue out there. And you can't run the ball when they stack the box on every play. And teams can just stack the box on the Colts right now because Matt Ryan can't beat anybody with his arm.
0: No. And I mean, when you only have one real legit uh, wide receiver out there with Pittman, Alec Pierce is like flashed here and there, but I mean, he's still a rookie. It's it's easy to load up the box and just say, yeah, we're going to stop Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan's not going to be able to evade the pocket. He literally can't get outside the pocket. It's tough to watch. It seems like the Colts is the place where quarterbacks go to die currently and end their careers. AFC South is still completely up for grabs, though, in my opinion. So who knows? They might turn it around, but it's... Yeah.
1: It's given me that NFC East vibes
0: from a couple of years ago. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to win that division with a losing record. Would not Would not shock me. Uh next game up we got the Cowboys 25 Commanders 10. Cooper Rush is now the first Dallas Cowboys quarterback to start a season 4 and 0 or start his career with the Cowboys 4 and 0. Uh he's he's doing his job that Cowboys defense. I think it's right now if I were to say it's the Niners defense one Cowboys defense two and I put the Packers defense three. Uh that, yeah, that defense is really good. The offense is doing just enough right now. Commanders on the other side, they suck. They're a bad team.
1: Yeah, I really don't care about the Commanders at all this year. There's, Why would you? there's nothing intriguing about that team. So, I yeah, yeah I kind of tune them out for the most part. Uh, but Dallas, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know, like, I didn't think that they were going to be good this year. I actually have a bet on them to miss the playoffs. Damn. And... You know, that might hit, but still, like, that defense looks really, really good. Micah Parsons might be the best defensive player in football right now. And, like you said, Cooper Rush is doing enough to keep the team afloat. We'll see when Dak gets back how true this QB controversy that Skip Bayless and everyone keeps trying to build up. But, uh, yeah, I think at this point, Cooper Rush is playing like that backup quarterback that comes in and catches fire. But I don't think that they're.
0: Like if they go the rest of the season with Cooper Rush, they're not winning that many games. No, I think, yeah, they're just riding the hot hand right now. They've been fortunate with who they've played also, but absolutely. Cowboys are are definitely doing better than I think a lot of people thought for sure. Uh, commanders. This is what happens when you trade for Carson. Wentz. he's Carson. Wentz. he's not good at football. Uh, you have Carson it's, with a
1: worse offensive line and a worse running run game than he had last yeah. year.
0: Yeah. It's, it was never going to work. You get what you get. So that's – we'll move on. Uh, it was one of the better games of the afternoon, in my opinion. Uh, Bills 23, Ravens 20. Uh, these are two of the best teams in football, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, The Bills came back after Baltimore scored 20 in the first half. And yeah, the Bills are still really good even when they're banged up. Absolutely.
1: and What the hell was Harbaugh thinking at the end of that game? I don't care about about the analytic answer he gave at the end of the game. If you have the chance to go ahead in the last five minutes of the game, you go ahead in the last five minutes of the game. But you know, that's one of the flaws about the analytics coming into the game. I love them and I love the aggressiveness, but you got to read the situation a little bit better there.
0: Yeah. Like that's a game that like, again, he's going for the win. You do like to see it, but it, it was calling for the field goal. I think that like they lost the game as soon as they got stuffed. And that was that, uh, Josh Allen and Lamar still both look like MVP candidates. They did have down weeks relative to what they've been doing the rest of the season, but they still both look great. JK Dobbins in his second game back, but he went off. He had three <laughs> touchdowns. Oh no, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. My bad. Yeah. But Dobbins looked good. Lamar was still their leading rusher. Uh, same with Josh Allen on his side. Cause the bills don't have a run game and that needs to get fixed.
1: Bills, as great as they are, they need to do a better job of not making Josh Allen Superman out there. Like, he, mm. he needs, they need to build up the offense that it gets everybody going. He can't do it all himself. And they've got digs, but they need that run game. They need the wide receivers to start catching balls. It's not all up to Josh Allen. And, no. you know, you can win uh, early in the season, but if this keeps going for another two months, you're risking injury. You're
0: risking everything. So, well, it's the it's the exact same thing you said with Jalen Hurts is you can't have him rushing ten plus times a game throughout the entire season because wear and tear will take over. Injuries do happen, and you can't have Josh Allen, who oh, a top you know top two quarterback in football right now, get hurt because. You know, not do the things that Josh Allen does. I mean, no one outside of Pat can do the things that Josh Allen does really.
1: Yeah. And like, again, back to the Eagles game too, it was raining in Baltimore. It's the weather was playing a factor there and that the receivers were dropping a lot of passes. So Allen was forced to do it himself. But again, you'd like to see a run game, which you know, you drafted a running back on day two. let him get those touches. Let, somebody else run the ball and get those first downs rather than having Allen putting his body
0: on the line. Agreed. But. Yeah. Cause James Cook didn't even get a single touch last week. Yeah. Zach Moss got three, but yeah, I want to see James Cook get more involved. Uh, we'll move on to the afternoon slate. Now Cardinals, 26 Panthers, 16. How has Matt rule not been fired yet? Oh, he shouldn't. He should have been fired in the offseason. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. I, I know. I was talk. I was talking with Moob uh, a bit about it, and they gave him a seven-year deal initially. I think he said when they first got there, and I think there's still yeah. four years left on that. So, I understand, but
1: it's,
0: but it's time to move on. The, when when the opponent scores seventeen plus points against the Panthers. Matt Rule is one in 26. That is outrageously bad. 17 yes. points. One in 26. Oh, it's terrible.
1: And it's like they thought that Baker Mayfield was going to solve all their issues and like save his job. It's it's yeah, it doesn't make sense. They need to clean house. The Panthers are just stuck in purgatory right now. And it's not gonna change till the owner realizes that he made the mistake with the coach bite the bullet, pay him off to leave clean house in the front office and start from scratch.
0: Yeah. And on the other side, another coach who I think should get fired, but he just got a five-year extension uh, cliff Kingsbury. They beat the Panthers, but that was a sloppy win. They don't, they don't look good. They don't, they don't have a clue what they're doing. And yeah, when you play, Matt Rule, who's an even worse coach than you are and has a less talented team than you do. Congrats was, on the win. But it was the Kyler Murray show. It always is. Yeah. That's just it. Like
1: if Cliff didn't have a dynamic player like that to bail him out so often, he would be back in college by now.
0: Yeah, like the the Cardinals were just lucky. They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter and that sealed them the game, but I'm hoping the offense looks different when Hopkins gets back, but we'll see again, they're still, they're not a, they're not impressing anyone right now. So
1: Hopkins is a receiver pushing 30 or in his thirties getting caught, taking steroids. Like that's usually not
0: a good sign about the player's productivity when he gets back. No, but we'll move on. Uh, we'll go to two other teams that haven't been impressive. Uh, Broncos 23 Raiders 32 I I don't even know what to think about the Broncos uh actually here I'll start with this uh it really sucks that Javante Williams tore his ACL and his LCL and he's out for the whole year now uh tearing both ligaments too is scary especially for running back uh hopefully (laughs) he comes back full strength and he's good to go for next year uh This is just – I don't – these teams are super high expectations going into the year, and I think that they're just both mid. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think I sent it earlier into our uh, texting group chat there, but Russ
1: is not the same QB he used to be. You know, when Russ was scrambling around with Seattle and making plays with his legs every other play, that's when he made his money. That's what made him so good. But now – He can't, he's getting older. He can't do that as well anymore. And he's trying to be the passing pocket, like uh, pocket passing quarterback. But that's just not who he is. And he's, it's not working. Mm -hmm. And they, they keep trying to just force it. And they think he's Hackett's trying to turn him into Aaron Rodgers when there's not very many people that can do what Aaron Rodgers can do. They need to. Kind of like what McDaniel said when he got to Miami, you know, it seems like they're just trying to force players to fit the system when you're supposed to fit the system to the talent of the players that you have. And Hackett hasn't figured that out yet.
0: So we'll see how long it takes them. Yeah, because this this Broncos team is much too talented to look this bad to start the season. Oh, definitely. Uh, Raiders on the other hand, it was really the Josh Jacobs show. He had 144 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The Broncos just couldn't play defense. The Raiders got their first one of the season. Uh, good to come against a divisional, divisional opponent, but.
1: Raiders are always better than that. 0 and
0: three record said. Yeah. I
1: had a tough start, but now that they're, I think they're still going to end up around 500. And, uh, yeah, like you said, beating a division rival is a great way to get the winning started for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, last game up of the afternoon slate. Game went to overtime, which I was shocked by. Patriots 24, Packers 27. Uh, Brian Hoyer got hurt early. Uh, rookie Bailey Zappi had to come in, and he looked pretty good. Yeah, didn't and, I- like you said,
1: that game should not have been nearly as close as it was. No. And realistically, it was a great gutsy effort by the Patriots to even make it as close as it was. But to me, it's just showing that the Packers are, have serious, serious issues.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird. I went into this thing, I'm like, hey, like the Packers are going to win this game easily. It's not even going to be close. I have to give the – it hurts me to say this. I have to give the Patriots some credit. Uh, their defense is still very, very good. Bill Belichick is still a defensive mastermind. Uh, the offensive side of the ball still looks like shit for the most part. But, yeah, the Packers, they got to figure some stuff out because they've been playing close games the entire season. The defense has looked – again, I still think they have one of the most talented defenses in the league. I said like – I said it like 20 minutes ago, I still think they're a top three defense, but – when you're playing Bailey Zappi, a rookie quarterback who was drafted in the fourth round, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he should look terrible. He should look. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's the, it's kind of been that way with the Packers all year. They lost to the Vikings who are the only help, like good healthy team they've played this year. Then you yeah. beat the bears, a bottom five team. You beat yep. Tampa in a very close game when Tampa didn't have any of their top three receivers. Mm-hmm. And now you beat Bailey Zappi playing three quarters. Like, I don't know. I'd, I certainly wouldn't be excited if I was a Packers fan right now, but a 3 and one record. And good news for them is that they still have a few more easy weeks on their schedule ahead. Uh, I don't know exactly where they play, but I looked it up earlier. and. They have two or three more weeks where it's like, okay, these are get-right games before the gauntlet really starts in the second half for them.
0: Yeah, all their next three games they have versus the Giants in London uh, this coming mm-hmm. Sunday. Then they play the Jets and then they play the Commanders. So the Packers could very realistically be six and one going into Week Eight, where they do play the Bills in primetime. That game should be fucking awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing about the Packers is they do have a lot of young, young players that Rogers clearly isn't used to yet. Uh, Romeo Dobbs <laughs> looks great.
1: He's yeah. been
0: their top rookie for them. If he gets more in sync and becomes more of a playmaker and him and Lazard can be the two wide receivers with Jones and Dylan still being great in that backfield. Um, It can get going. The offense can get going. It's just right now it's looked completely out of sync.
1: Yeah. And I'm not gonna sit here and doubt that Aaron Rodgers can run an offense successfully. Yeah. But I don't know. It's something needs to they need to really figure their shit out. Like, yeah, like you said, they're three and one. They could easily be six and one, but they're they played bad teams. Like I said, they could easily be one and three right now. You know, they're a field goal away from losing to Tampa without Evans, Godwin, or Julio. And they're a field goal away from losing to the Patriots without their top two quarterbacks.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, winners win.
0: win. Yep. Yeah, winner. Yeah, exactly. Wins are all that matter at the end of the day. Uh, final game of the week, Sunday night football. Chiefs 41, Buccaneers 31. Uh, this was the Chiefs just kind of proving everyone wrong. I mean, they lost the fucking Colts last week, and they come in, Bucks at home. The Bucks defense has looked unreal so far to start the year, and the Chiefs just kind of shit all over them.
1: Yeah. You knew the Chiefs were going to come in hot after losing to the Colts, Uh, and they definitely caught a break with that opening kickoff becoming theirs. Yeah. But I don't know. It was almost such a beatdown that it was boring. Like the score made it look a lot closer than it was. I thought, but I don't know, I just found myself like kind of fading interest in them by the end of the game because it was just Tampa was totally out out of it with their game script and everything was out the window. You know, I think it was in the fourth quarter they only had six rushing attempts and that's just not how Tom Brady likes to play football. No. So no, yeah, I
0: like, Brady threw the ball 52 times that Sunday Night Football game. They rushed the ball six times for three yards. Yeah. That's...
1: It's not going to win you very many games. Like, And they, the fact that they still were able to put up 31 points is impressive. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, it's... I Like I said, I kind of lost interest. I don't even think I ended up watching the fourth quarter, to be honest. But...
0: No, it, it, it always seemed like the Chiefs had this game in hand, regardless of how close the Bucs did get at any point. But uh, these are still two of the top five Bucks. teams in football right now. This could be a potential Super Bowl matchup, would not shock me. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was a good game. I thought the Buccaneers would show a little bit more at home. But... They got 31 points. The Chiefs defense has looked pretty good to start the year, but you can't have three yards rushing in, in a game. That's just no. can't happen. You're not going to win too many games like that. No. Okay. So with the week four recap done and us being – I keep wanting to say as like a quarter into the season, but with the 17th game now, we're, we're a month in. Yeah. So – just call it the quarter season, whatever, actually. I don't even know what I'm going to call this yet. But essentially what we're going to do right now is we're going to go. Obviously, we had our preconceived notions at the start of the year. Teams we thought were going to be better than they were. Teams that we thought were going to stink. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go three up, three down. Three teams you are right about. Three teams you are wrong about. Um, I'll let you start her off.
1: All right, us start out with a little victory lap here. Uh, I think that I thought that the Eagles were going to be great. And so far, the Eagles look like they're one of, if not the best team in football so far this year. Mm-hmm. I had them, and my personal projection, I had them at 13-4. and four, And they're well on their way to getting that, uh, that kind of record this year. I didn't think they'd be 4-0, but they look the part of a Super Bowl team right now.
0: Yeah, the Eagles are one of those teams who, on paper going into the year, everything was there. Really all just hinged on whether Jalen Hurts can be that guy. And right now, he's playing like a top three MVP candidate. So, yeah, the Eagles are rolling. The Eagles look incredible right now. Definitely right about them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with a team I was wrong about. And in the different connotations, I was wrong about the Steelers. Going into the year, I thought Mitch Trubisky was a good enough quarterback. I didn't think the Steelers were going to make the playoffs. I still thought they were going to hover around 500. They might get the above 500 because Mike Tomlin has never finished below 500 in his entire career. Right now, I think the Steelers are going to be picking top 10, and I don't know the last time they've done that. They are starting Kenny Pickett now. Let's see how much of a spark he can bring. I still don't think he was worth the first-round selection. I still think he's probably as good as all the, other, all the other rookie QBs who are riding the bench right now, but that Steelers team is way too talented to be looking this bad right now.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of tough because at this point, you can almost throw the first month of the season out for them with Kenny Pickett coming in now. Like, you're going to have a different quarterback in the game, and I don't know exactly the timeline, but TJ Watt should be back sometime in October, maybe early November. You know, the month, you can tell that that defense is just flat without him. Exactly. and I, It sucks to see because you're, you're so used to seeing the Steelers being that really proud always in the running franchise Mm -hmm. but you know every once in a while sometimes you got to take that step back and you know you look at how good this Steelers team is if Kenny Pickett can be that guy and like just to show flashes maybe not to get above that 500 mark for Tomlin but then they can add a top 10 pick talent to that team you know they can come back with a vengeance next year no problem
0: 100 percent uh I'll go back again. I'll, uh, team I was right about. Um, again, we talked about it for a little bit. I was definitely right about the Rams. <laughs> they have looked... Again, they're still good, but they've looked completely out of sorts to start the year. Uh, the two times they've actually played good teams, they've lost handily. Uh, and other than that, they played a... Close game to the Falcons, who another team I was right about, but we'll talk about them in a bit. But, yeah, the Rams are just – they're okay. They're not special. People have them as contenders. Andrew Whitworth thought Joseph Noteboom was a good left tackle, and that offensive line is – that offensive line is the reason that they're not as good as they should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean,
1: the big thing is I being a Niners fan, I know that system that they run really well. And a big part of it is built off the run game. But when you, the O-line is not making any blocking lanes or anything for the running backs. And on top of that, your running backs look flat too. Like there's nothing to build that offense around. And then it just becomes Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford playing catch all game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, like I said earlier, I don't, I'm not worried about the Rams. They're still a good team. They'll probably still make the playoffs, but they don't have that X factor. And I don't even think, you know, people saying, oh, but once they get OBJ back,
0: that's not enough. And who knows if OBJ even signs there now? Why would you? Exactly. Like like if you're OBJ and you can pick any team that you can go to, the Rams Mm -hmm. are not top five on that list. The Rams... Even if they were to add OBJ, I still don't think that no. he's not an offensive lineman. He doesn't help them. That's not that's not what they need. And I saw
1: like a big thing too. A lot of people were saying is like, oh, he likes the LA lifestyle, you know. So I and I get that aspect of it, but he's not even living there right now. They said on the broadcast last night he's been living in the Bahamas the whole season, doing rehab. So it's like if you really like the lifestyle so much, then you move across the continent away from it. Like, I don't think that that's going to be a huge factor on him resigning there.
0: The dude's also a millionaire. He can play somewhere. Like, he can sign with Buffalo, play there for the last half of the season, and he can never live there. Yeah. Why would you want to live in Buffalo if you're a millionaire? But exactly. um, Go out and have another huge end
1: of the season and then go get your big contract
0: in free agency. Yeah. Uh, uh, Give me a team you're wrong about, Cam. I will admit, as of right now,
1: I was wrong about the Cowboys. I, Like I said, I didn't see that they were going to be a legit team. That defense is a lot better than I was expecting them to be. Um, I was expecting pretty big regression out of Trayvon Diggs. He still looks really good this year. Uh, Micah Parsons seems to have taken his game to the next level. And I saw a thing to, on Twitter today, too, that as good as Micah Parsons looked, he's not even, he's their third best edge rusher in terms of win rate and pass rushing situations. Like Mm -hmm. Demarcus Lawrence is winning his reps more often than Micah Parsons is and one of their bench guys as well. So it's like, they've got all the pieces that you want out of a really good defense, which I was not expecting them to have. And, you know, I thought for sure I'd be able to pencil this one into the Yeah, I was right about the Cowboys. Look how bad they are when Dak went down, but like I said Cooper Rush is keeping the ship going
0: yeah i I had the exact same feelings as you did basically I didn't think the defense would be I still thought they'd be top 10 I didn't think they'd be top three uh but yeah the concern with me was the offense a team that lost three starters on the offensive line uh they lost Amari Cooper, and Gallup was hurt going into the year. So it was like, okay, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? And then Dak got hurt week one. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so right. Got to cash out my Cowboys missing the playoffs bet already. They've stepped up. They've now Gallup's, Gallup's back. Uh, I think Noah Brown has been the big receiver who's stepped up in uh, –
1: in and, shout out to Tyler, and shout out to Tyler Smith, too. He's been holding it down at the tackle
0: as a rookie. I was, was
1: going
0: to yeah. bring him up. And yeah, he's been a huge reason why the offensive line hasn't been garbage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when Dak comes back, which should be in the next two to three weeks, I would imagine. Yeah. I the Cowboys, the Cowboys are probably going to make the playoffs now with the way the NFC is shaping up. Looking like it. They're probably going to be a wild card team because the Eagles are still winning that division 100%. But yeah, Cowboys is a team we were both wrong about for sure. Um,
1: One quick thing about them, too, is I wonder if that comes back and struggles, what's that going to do to the locker room? You know, you're winning with Cooper Rush and you're losing with your $75 million man. You're not going to take that out, but. It could cause some serious problems in that locker room, and we'll see where it goes. But I don't know. I'm yeah, still trying to catch that
0: ticket. Yeah, same. I saw. <laughs> I saw. new tweet out. He tweeted. His people were like, "Oh, Cooper Rush four and O. Holy crap! Like, oh, is the QB controversy? And it's like he tweeted out Kyle Allen, if you remember him, uh, started five and O for the Panthers with nine touchdowns and zero interceptions, and. I don't even know if he's in the NFL right now. So oh, Dak Prescott, it's his job 100%. The fact that people, people in the media are actually stirring up a controversy is hilarious to me, but let's see what Dak can do. Cause I still have – not my doubts with Dak, but I still don't think he's a superstar quarterback. I think he's firmly in a franchise in the 9 to 12 range of quarterbacks, but
1: – yeah.
0: We'll see. They've been producing so far. If he comes in and all of a sudden they look bad, might start to talk. I still doubt it, but Cowboys are. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's do another team. I was wrong about, again, talked about it a little bit already. Indianapolis Colts going into the year. I was on the fence about them and then, I took my stance. I was like, no, Matt Ryan's going to be the best Colts quarterback since Andrew Luck has left. The defense is really good. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in football. The offensive line is still solid. And fuck am I wrong. They have looked brutal in every aspect on offense, especially Matt Ryan is a statue. He can't move. I mean, he he could never move throughout his whole career. But now that he's... In his late 30s, it is clearly evident. Uh, Yeah, they're stacking the box and Jonathan Taylor. The defense is still okay, but... It's tough
1: to evaluate uh, defense with barely having Shaq Leonard at all this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I saw today, too, that concussion he had also came along with a broken nose. So he might not be back super quick either. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, the Colts have just been really disappointing so far.
0: And, that, and that's the thing. It's like I'm saying, oh, I was wrong about the Colts. This AFC South is still completely up for grabs. Yep. Uh, right well, now, if I were to bet, I think I'd bet the Titans to win it currently. But I think it's a three-way
1: coin flip, really, between those yeah. two and the Jags. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I had them winning the division, but it wasn't because I liked them. It was more of a default thing. Exactly. Same. Like I wasn't expecting the Jags to look this good. And I thought the Titans were going to fall off, which to a certain extent they have, but I just figured the Colts they'd win it with nine, 10 wins and get bounced
0: early, but. Yeah. Like I thought the Colts. Yeah. Going into the year where you look at every other, I didn't think the Jags were serious yet. I thought the Titans definitely took a big step back. Uh, And the Colts just kind of maintained the course other than at quarterback. And I think they upgraded at quarterback, even though both of those quarterbacks are bad right now, but yeah, it's, it's proven that maybe Carson Wentz was the better fit for that Colts team, but you couldn't run it back with him for another year. So Frank Wright might be looking for a new job next year. Same thing with Chris Ballard, maybe if, ownership is really tired of oh we're just a quarterback away because they've been a quarterback away for the last five seasons so since Andrew Luck retired exactly oh well just to preface it is week four we can yeah. still be right about these teams at the end of the week there's a lot of overreactions happening right now in the NFL so it's the best part We'll see. Yeah, we'll look back in the end end of the season. And when I'm saying I hate the Colts, the Colts stink. Colts could still win the division. So right now, fuck are they bad, though? Uh, Cameron, give me a team you were right about. All right.
1: Uh, Let's say I was right about the New Orleans Saints so far. Yeah. I know that you still like the Saints, but I don't know. To me, Jameis stinks. He's likable, and I get that, but he's not a good quarterback at this point. And there just seems to be something missing. They don't look as organized as they have in the past. They don't. They just they're blowing huge. Or sorry, getting blown out by the Falcons by twenty plus points. And it's just like, yeah, they you know you come back and you have a great finish, but. I don't know, something's off with this team and to put on top of that, you got all the injuries. Outside of Chris Olave, there's not too much going right for this team right now.
0: No, the Saints are the Saints are one of those teams, again, going into the year where I saw the weapons on offense, I saw the offensive line was still good, the defense remained the exact same, basically. Uh, it was, yeah, the Saints just put Jameis back in, they'll be fine. And Jameis has been hurt with like a fractured back, which I don't even know how you fucking play with a fractured back, but it's whatever. But yeah, the saints have just been one of those teams where it should be working and it's just not. And it frustrates me to watch because they just, they're too talented to be this bad right now.
1: And I think you as, as well as a lot of other people really undervalued the loss of Sean Payton to this team. Like you know, not only with play calling and all that, but just the way that he, you know, keeps that locker room together, keeps the culture going and all this kind of stuff. I know it's, it sounds so stereotypical and cliche to say, but like that stuff really matters in football and without that really, that uh, tone setter that he was, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have that franchise quarterback to also be that tone setter. Yeah. Yeah. And then, top it on top of that, you got all the egos on that team as well. Like Dennis Allen's doing his best, I'm sure, but yeah, I don't see anything to be worried about with the Saints.
0: No. Uh, let me see. Team I was right about uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I said going into the year, the Falcons were not the worst team in football, which. Honestly, is isn't that hard to take. There's only one worse team in football, but the Falcons have proved that their offense is above average right now. And even without them using Kyle Pitts at all to many fantasy owners' dismay, the Falcons are good. Not ah, hold on. The Falcons are better than what people thought. I thought they would be a frisky team. I thought the offense would look like this for the most part. Uh, I believed in Arthur Smith. I thought Arthur Smith, is good play caller good offensive systems puts people where they need to be it's just they're still the falcons they don't have a lot of talent but they might not pick in the top five though
1: they are definitely exceeding expectations mine especially (laughs) i think i had them with one win on my projection and they're already double that so you know what hey shout out to them Um, I'm almost wondering if it could be to their detriment where they're going to play themselves out of that top five QB at the end of the day. But you know what? Winning is everything in the NFL. And so far they're doing their job.
0: Yeah. That is the thing too. Marcus Mariota is bad. I thought maybe there was some, ah, he could be sneaky good because he's athletic and he's worked with Arthur Smith before, but No, he's just been bad. If they had any other quarterback in there, they might be three and one, if we're being honest. But
1: he was perfect in that Raiders role where, you know, he has his packages for him, but realistically, he's just a high end backup.
0: Yeah. Let's go back to you. Uh, Give me another team you were right about.
1: Um,. This one's not as definitive, I feel like, as the other two, but I feel like pretty much everybody you've had except for Chu has said the same thing where I think we've all expected that the Patriots were not going to be as good as everyone was expecting them to be. Yep. Um, It sucks that Mac is hurt and that's going to really kill a lot of their success probably for the next couple of weeks until he gets back. Um. But, yeah, I, it's, I think it's pretty easy to say that we all kind of called that the Patriots were going to fall off this year a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, they had a great gutsy effort this week against all the adversity and all that. But this is still not a team, especially if Mac is out. I mean, how long is he out? Another month?
0: Two? It, well, this is a, it's a high ankle sprain, but... I think he could come back in a couple weeks, which is nuts. But he's just not, I mean, like he's already not mobile. He's just gonna be, he's he's gonna look like Matt Ryan back there. And yeah. so uh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, the the Pats have, yeah, the they're mid. They're there's nothing to talk about. They're gonna finish eight and nine, seven and ten, which is fine. But this yeah. was expected. This was yeah we say expected because a lot of our friends and people that you've had on the podcast
1: think this, but you know the national media and all that was expecting them some of them were saying playoffs again and no, as the
0: national ma- media is full of fucking idiots
1: yeah it's they ma- still really push the narrative for what a lot of people think so yeah at the end of the day, I think the paths were overvalued coming into this year,
0: and both of us called it out that that was full of shit. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, let me go to the last team I was right about that I have down, uh, the Miami dolphins. So we're three in one right now. Thank you, victory lap. <laughs> A little up in the air with Tua. Actually, no, fuck it. We're fine. We're on the easy stretch of our schedule. I think we have like the jets and the Texans. Teddy Bridgewater is better than both of those quarterbacks. Um, yeah we're fucking good once Tua comes back we're one of the better teams in the AFC uh, our defense isn't even healthy right now. I think that if X closes out that game I think we still had like that game would have been a lot closer against the Bengals if he would have finished. I think Byron Jones is coming back this week so that's a huge help for us but yeah we're we're fucking good We're a lot of people doubted TuA. I understand it. They didn't see it. Yeah, you're one of them. Yep. But he's looked all the parts in the games that he's played so far. I'm really happy about it. That offense, when it's clicking, I mean, fuck, we saw it against the Ravens. It's hard to stop. It's hard to stop two guys who both run sub 4 2 fives.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like, that offense is super dynamic.
1: And... Like I said, I know firsthand how good Mike McDaniel is at his job. Uh, I thought he might have been a little bit premature to be a head coach, but so far he seems to be crushing it. And like I said, two have got the keys to the Ferrari and he hasn't crashed it yet. So as long as he can keep that going, he's okay. been
0: ejected out of the Ferrari, but yes, that was <laughs> fine still. That wasn't his fault. No, no, crazy back injury still. Yeah. But uh, as a yeah. Niners fan, have you noticed, again, I don't watch full Niners games, but has the offensive play calling been less creative this year, do you think? Mm,
1: in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Like when Lance was there, I thought of Kyle was being a little bit lazy, Shanahan, mm-hmm. uh, by just having Lance do a lot more design runs than I think he should have been. And I think – Part of that, I attributed it anyways to the not having Mike McDaniel there, you know. Um, but, you know, last night we watched them against the Rams and that was a vintage Kyle Shanahan play calling game. And that was the thing. I don't think Mike McDaniel was calling plays as the offensive coordinator for San Francisco. He was just designing a lot of them within the Shanahan system. So the play calling itself hasn't, I don't feel like it's dropped that much, but maybe just the overall creativity of the
0: plays that are being called has probably dropped a little bit. Okay, yeah, I was, I've literally just interested because I like thought came into my head where Mike McDaniels came to be the creative offensive. And there's always gonna be that
1: adaptation period. Like it was the same thing the year before that, when we lost Mike LaFleur to the Jets, when he left with Salah. And, you know, for the first little bit, there was a drop in that uh, creativity around the passing game because you lost another great offensive mind. But eventually they built it back up and they're good to go. Um, One thing I like this year is that they have brought in a little bit more experienced coaches to fill that void. Like to replace Mike McDaniel, they brought in Anthony Lynn who's a former head coach and offensive mind as well. I don't know if he's on par with the other guys that we've lost, but he definitely feels that way a lot more than some no name coach coming in.
0: 100%. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, Cam, thank you so much for coming back on and doing this. I think I'm probably going to do another similar type of thing halfway through the season and we'll, do award predictions. I think I'll have multiple people on that episode. So you're going to be one of those people. Um, I'll leave you with one question here. If the Niners make it to the Super Bowl,
1: <laughs>
0: do I want to give you the Super Bowl. That's actually, yeah, okay. Niners win the Super Bowl, Jimmy G as the quarterback. Oh, wait, no. When's Trey Lance back? He won't be back this year. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. The injury was worse than we thought. Right. So if Jimmy G wins a Super Bowl this year, what happens at the Niners quarterback situation?
1: That's a very good question. Um, to be honest, that's, so. probably, that's probably better than if they lose the Super Bowl. Because if they win the Super Bowl, it doesn't really matter. I think Jimmy can ride off into the sunset as a thank you, and you still got to turn the page. He's not under contract, and I don't see a scenario where he comes back. Um, will that hurt the the locker room? Probably. But you gotta see what you got in Trey Lance at the end of the day. Um, It'll be, like I said, it'll be tougher if you have to make that switch after another deep playoff run that doesn't end with a ring. Mm. Because again, then you're seeing Jimmy can get you there. Can Lance? People can accept it if you move on with a ring. If you don't have that ring, That'd be a lot harder, I think. So, I don't know. I don't see a scenario where Jimmy comes back. But uh, it's going to be a very divided fan base. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a very divided locker room if that ever comes to
0: pass. I mean, I don't see a scenario where Jimmy G is in a Super Bowl again, if we're being honest. But uh, God, if you were to win a quarter
1: away a quarter last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he were... If he were to win a Super Bowl, the whatever team in free agency is going to give him a bag, and it's just going to be hilarious. Uh, But again, thank you, Cam. Uh, Yeah, I'll have you back on soon enough, and thank you again. Sounds good,
1: man. Anytime.
0: Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Cover Zero podcast. Uh, If you're watching and you notice the different background changes, I'm now at my new place which still doesn't have the Wi-Fi set up, so I think I'm going to go to Tim Hortons and steal their Wi-Fi for the time being. But, uh, yeah, going in the next week, not a lot of games I'm really excited about. I mean, the Dolphins should kick the shit out of the Jets like we usually do. Uh, one game I am really interested in is Cowboys versus the Rams. These are two teams where, I don't know, again... I've been saying it forever, I don't think the Rams are special. If they lose to the Cowboys though, that's huge. And vice versa, if the Cowboys beat the Rams, that's huge for them, so that should be an exciting game. Uh, But as always, if you've enjoyed this, please like, share, retweet, favorite, subscribe, all that fun stuff, And, and yeah, peace.